0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The best basketball show on roto Radio. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at to Marlin delighted to be joined again on the show and on the entire series by zachary krueger who you can follow on twitter at zk underscore it has been a lot of fun bringing you through the series so far and we continue to ramp up the episodes here, bring it all your way over the, the next couple of weeks throughout the offseason. I know best ball is becoming more and more popular. We've been playing it for a number of years but uh, I can see it uh, just gaining traction more and more each and every season and I think uh, if you've listened to the show so far you'll know why uh, we love it and uh, why it's time to either dip your toes in or to continue to lead yourself towards success in your league's So, Zach, we're getting ready here. We're 18 minutes away from the kickoff time and the draft. We have done some draft preparation that we've talked throughout the day in terms of what our strategy might be, but it's been pretty uh you know just here and there just some thoughts on players and maybe some thoughts on strategies but we haven't really dived into it too deep now a big advantage to this and i've mentioned this to you before i've mentioned it on rotoviz overtime before if you draft along with sean siegel you get to get some great insights into his draft process and you uh, as we record this um on sunday um, the 20th of june uh, we're drafting the day after you drafted in this contest with Sean Siegel and I did tell you this kind of before when you draft with Sean he drafts kind of from the back to the front of the draft to get an idea who's going to be there at those spots and then obviously you were sending me messages yesterday about the spreadsheets and the the things that were coming over and uh, obviously we're working off a similar process here today but having those spreadsheets even if you're not drafting with another player if it's just for yourself it sets you up with your kind of round by round plays so for the listeners who are tuning in we might go through that spreadsheet a little bit here just to give some examples of of what we're doing but um it's gonna be fun here zach but uh you, you've pitched an idea to me um of how we may start this so convince me uh, that the strategy is the one to go for
2: <laughs> yeah so um i mean first of all like you said I, I i'm fresh off of a draft with sean which definitely gives you a lot of different um Things to consider that maybe you haven't before when doing drafts, particularly um, working a draft with a, a partner and trying to tackle this thing together. We were doing some spreadsheets on Google spreadsheets, and I was kind of sitting in there editing my players and and I guess editing my preferences while he's actively doing his. We're having some conversations to the side about different guys, and then ultimately. We came to something that we thought was um, somewhat of a solid strategy on how we wanted to approach this thing. Certainly, as the draft unfolds, things don't always go as you expect, but that doesn't mean that there aren't backup plans and ways to pivot off of what you were initially planning on doing in order to um, still come out of the draft with an optimal uh, team that you hope can uh, give you a shot at $100,000, in this case, for the FFPC Best Ball um, Tournament. So you and I were talking... I guess earlier this morning, I'm I'm usually an early riser, so I kind of just like, <laughs> I see a message from you. And then I respond at like 5.30, throw off a few ideas and I go back to bed. But one of the ideas I had pitched you early in the morning uh, when I woke up and saw it was the idea of maybe getting a little bit unique with our build. That was something that Sean and I had considered doing When we drafted Darren Waller out of the 104 um, just yesterday for those, I'm assuming that they'll have already heard the episode where that took place. So we took Darren Waller out of the 104. In this case, we're picking out of the 105. And you and I had talked it out. And, you know, guys like Kelsey, maybe even Dalvin Cook, we might want. But we're kind of assuming that those guys are most likely going to be off the board when it gets to us. And I think Waller just kind of feels like the next pick. And unless you think that the distance between Waller and Kelsey is so great, that doesn't make sense to draft them both uh, in the first round, that maybe you want to do that. But Waller also is carrying an ADP of about eighth and ninth overall in the draft. So so taking him at the fifth is nothing too insane. But then what I said to you also uh, was perhaps... Pursuing an idea of getting a little crazy and maybe looking to do something with Calvin Ridley and perhaps Kyle Pitts in the second and third round, which I I don't know if you were completely against. I don't know if you were maybe open to the idea of it. But one of the reasons that I kind of like the idea was I think that it would be a unique build in the sense that if this team went far, if we happen to make it into the playoffs, there probably aren't going to be a lot of Ridley and and Pitts teams just kind of based off of where their ADP is going. Right now, Ridley has an ADP of 20.8. Pitts has an ADP of 28.5. So you're looking at both of them kind of at the end of the second and then beginning of the third. So it might not even work out for us if it happens to fall to us. I thought maybe the way to do it would have been to reach early on Pitts or, um, I'm sorry, on Ridley and then See if maybe Pitts may, did make it back to us, but uh, is an idea that I had. It, it's not necessarily one that we need to go with, but I would be curious to hear your thoughts on it. You had mentioned that. Um, you felt like maybe we would need Matt Ryan for that stack I don't necessarily see it that way I think there's some other stacks that we can maybe do while still having perhaps the two top pass catchers in Atlanta on a on our team and what should be a high volume pass offense but I'd be curious to know your idea uh, and then maybe we can even talk about a stack that maybe would involve a quarterback with other position players if we happen to go with those two players but not get the quarterback in that situation
1: yeah, and I think it's definitely doable. You mentioned, you know, the fact that taking Waller at the one hundred and five and you took him at the one hundred and four isn't, you know, that you know out of this world in terms of trying to, in terms of the ADP discussion. But you'll be amazed at how many people you'll talk to think that it probably is pretty crazy. But obviously, we we like to get that elite tight end in our builds. I I actually drafted recently in a baseball uh, thirty five dollar baseball league, and uh, I started with Waller and then doubled it up in the third round with Pets. Now, I didn't uh, have Ridley in that, but I I definitely think based on the ADP where we're drafting, there's a possibility that you could quite easily get Ridley in the second round and get um, Pets in the third round. we will see how this plays out as we draft it. It isn't something I'm completely against, but I just uh, then for the rest of our build, I think if we do that, we would be settling for, I I would be sticking then with two tight ends. I don't think I would go for the third tight end option. So if it is to do that and to get our, three tight end or two tight ends on the board and just like that is the position then set you know i'm not against it for that reason because it's going to give us flexibility later on to be able to pick up on those uh, wide receivers and running backs that we like so i'll I'll run through just uh, a little bit about the spreadsheets and, and talk through that but in terms of the way we have it set out We have pretty much round one round two round three round four all the way down as far as round 16 it is around eight or 18 round draft but when we get down to round 16 we have kind of 20 to 30 names that are our shots there in those last two rounds but the way it's broken down for us here and for anyone that's listening that wants to do this just for their own teams we have columns line and zach's line it's basically like calvin calvin or christian mccaffrey green, green, Dalvin Cook, green, green, Alvin Kamara, yellow, yellow. So it's giving you a kind of a traffic light system. Uh, so we have greens, reds, oranges, and yellows um, to set us up. But then what I've added on at the other side of it, and we have that split by position then, running back, wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, by round, by round. And then I have set up a line that's the targets. So who we're really targeting out of those guys. So if there's three guys there who we're targeting. Some rounds, I have five. For example, in the second round, I love the wide receivers. Uh, so i have five wide receivers that i'm interested at that pick um, and then so on and so forth as we move through the draft but when we go through this the one thing that i want to point out before we get into the actual draft is when i'm drafting at the moment like to try and get that tight end in the first round or the elite running back if i can they're the way most of my drafts have gone i haven't picked from the 112 yet or the 111 so that's given me a chance to get a tight end on most occasions it's usually wide receiver the second round, wide receiver the third round. I did mention a half taken pits a few times. It's usually wide receiver the fourth round, but the fifth round, and I talked with Sean on this in a recent Road of His Overtime podcast. It's where I find that we're getting into a little bit of a dead zone in terms of the flat value. So there's a couple of guys there that I like. You know, I like Jamar Chase, I like Deontay Johnson, but really that is where it turns back for me into the quarterback position as to, to who we're going to go there. So The quarterbacks I've been targeting have been Murray, Jackson, and Prescott, and that there is kind of, we'll see how our draft progresses, but that's the part of the strategy that I'm interested to ask you at the moment is when we get to that fifth round, I find the value pretty flat. You happy targeting one of those three quarterbacks there, or do you think we should be waiting a little bit longer on quarterback?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: So I think that when we talk about stuff like this, it's kind of this is where you get to thinking about everything that we kind of read and preach at RotoViz about not wanting to get too early on quarterbacks, wanting to keep in mind that the optimal round to kind of take those guys, and it's probably more of the sixth or seventh round, not something as early as the fifth. But in this case, if the situation sets up for us where we feel really good about the guys we have at top, We don't want to take a running back in the running back dead zone. The real option kind of does come down to perhaps considering one of these quarterbacks. I think that you need to be mindful of your strategies and your approaches and be willing to understand how and why they work and that sometimes when you're looking to not draft one player – Um, perhaps because you don't like the player in that spot or because you don't feel good about them in those rounds. In this case, again, referencing the the general running back dead zone, that it's it's okay to not necessarily force feed yourself a wide receiver just for the sake of not wanting to take an early quarterback because – numbers suggest that maybe that's wrong. I think sometimes you can still take those early quarterbacks, get the player who you like. If there's a stack that you can piece together along the way, that's going to help you out, especially in, the, in these tournament formats where a unique stack could carry you a little bit further um, over the course of a, a of a playoff stretch than it would in, say, your stereotypical best ball league where it's simply just going to be a weeks one through 17 league with the highest scoring team coming out on top. I think going for those guys a little bit sooner is, is, a, is a fine approach if you aren't happy with what other positions are available to you on the board at that time
1: yeah and a big thing that you know i i think i'm not going to say that i was giving sean ideas but uh, a big thing that i've mentioned on the podcast recently is there's been a flat zone where round five is not really that appetizing for me in terms of who's available the quarterbacks are interesting and normally when we look at you know the tools and we're looking at you know historical data the the quarterbacks we're looking at are the sixth and seventh round quarterbacks but those sixth and seventh round quarterbacks historically have been like the likes of Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott who are now because of their rushing floor pushed up round so we're moving those guys up rounds because they are pushing themselves past the guys that don't rush in terms of say Matthew Stafford going in the eighth round so that is the upside of these guys is trying not to just look at the historical data but also looking at what is happening with current adps what the quarterback position looks like from a fantasy perspective and that's why i'm getting very very comfortable in that fifth round taking one of those guys because the upside is there those kyler murray 40 point games are there those lamar jackson big days are there and you know that's just what i'm targeting so um i i think i agree 100 percent on the previous data i think that you know this could be a new dawn at the quarterback position. Dave Kabin's done some great work on the Russian quarterbacks and how much that's changed over the last kind of five to ten years in terms of total points at the end of the season. So that, that's my thought process at the moment there. And um, What I'm going to mention through here, I don't want to give it all away, but when I look at the targets, and one of the reasons that I think that this is so good, obviously, Rotoviz, we like to have it visualized. Part of what we're doing here is having that traffic light system very similar to if you use the tools, Uh, and you see very clearly screen is what we want and when you're on the clock particularly on a league like this where it's like a 60 second timer It means that you can make those decisions quickly. You don't want to leave yourself on the clock and not be sure of where you're going, not be sure of what your targets are. And as I mentioned with what Sean does and that I do now since drafting with Sean is reverse engineer those drafts. So it means that at the end of it, we want to have our number of quarterbacks. We want to have our number of tight ends. We're trying to build that draft out. So like I mentioned, if we do go for Pitts and Waller, that's probably for me the end of the the tight end discussion then there we're going to fill up on the other positions similar if we go for a Kyler Murray we might go for two quarterbacks rather than three but we'll see how that draft progresses so it's about knowing where those positions are you can use obviously the best ball or command center the FFPC command center up on the site to help you with that as well but when you're on the clock sometimes and being able to scout ahead a round or two uh, is a big big advantage so I'm just going to list out a couple of my targets. This will probably be to my detriment if I'm drafting against any of our listeners in future leagues. I uh, got got getting some tweets over the last couple of days, some private messages. Thankfully, they're private messages rather than public messages. But saying about recent drafts, so we've been drafting against listeners and how their plans are going and things. So, I'll, I'll give away some of my secrets here for today's draft of what we're targeting. But again, this is a slim format, so maybe you're playing against me in a classic, and maybe this isn't the Plan that I'm going to go with, but let's go for it. So, I'm thinking in the first round, the the key target for us is probably going to be Darren Waller. And then in the second round, the guys I really uh, think we'll be targeting is Ridley Hopkins or Brown. And when I'm looking at those guys, the reason I'm looking at them is the option possibly later on to stack. So let's say we don't get, or you know, if we get to Kyler, having Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins is a great stack, and we might be able to get another third member of that offense. And later in the draft, if we're looking then at somebody like AJ Brown or Calvin Ridley, we might be able to slot in then their quarterback later as well. So there's lots of options there when we get to that. Terry McLaurin is my my target in the third round. Uh, I do like CD Lamb. I know Sean loves CD Lamb this season, uh, so I think they're right. The two guys there up then in the fourth, DJ Moore is going to be the guy. I'm going to look to see if I can convince you to get then Kyler Murray, then Brant or T Higgins. The next one that I just want to talk to, you, and we'll talk about this on the show too. DJ Chark or LaVisca Chenault? We have a, a difference in ADP at the moment. I'm trying my best to see if they are going to reverse and uh, change. I think Visca is the person to target in this offense. I've taken him in a few drafts recently ahead of DJ Chark. Uh, it'll be interesting if those options are there when we're on the clock. But I'm on the Vizca side. Uh, what, what's your feelings on taking him ahead of DJ Chark? Current ADP, there's a bit of right and a half difference in ADP.
2: Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, uh the Chenault was a guy who entered the league last year and a lot of people were high on him for several reasons uh you know not not just the the elite athletes at- excuse me, not just the elite athleticism that he has and the plays he can make with the ball in his hand, but the fact that he can kind of do a number of different things on the field. He doesn't need to just be used as a pure wide receiver, playing on the outside. He can play inside. He can also be used out of the backfield. So people kind of view him as this offensive weapon, uh, this Swiss Army knife. I think I had heard that Urban Meyer is now referring to him as Slash at camp. So he's, he's been called a number of different things over the course of his brief NFL career that suggests that he can do a number of things on the football field and you know, we, we've seen other guys like that. I think one of the more recent ones that comes to mind is Curtis Samuel, who has taken multiple handoffs over the course of his career in addition to catching passes. He's a very explosive player and somebody who we've always kind of valued, who hasn't returned quite the the value that we've looked for over the years until this past year, when Curtis Samuel finally got a chance in a new offensive coordinator, new coaching regime, to show more of what he could do. I think LaVisca Chenault could possibly do that. I believe Curtis Samuel had just over 200 PPR last season um if if lavisca chennault is going to be using a similar way with urban myers offense and trevor lawrence i think that he could also provide you that 200 ppr point performance for the season and i think that at his adp that's a pretty good pretty good price to pay for what we would be looking to get his adp is in the ninth round you have shark in the seventh round so it's yeah it's it's a pretty different you know range of adps there they're they're a little far off from one another and i think that you could either reach on visca to ensure that you get him i I don't think that any of the players who are going in the round before him are necessarily guys who i would view as higher than him and if you wanted to flat out go from over dj DJ shark i think there's a conversation to be had there as well simply because some of the guys going around the adp of shark are guys like juju smith schuster People have kind of soured on him a little bit over the years. Cortland Sutton returning from injury. Chase Claypool, he's a third wide receiver in the offense. He could be good, but maybe not. Um, see the quite the volume that we would like for him at that range. And then Robbie Anderson, who's a very solid player, but is probably going to be more of a – of a spike week player than he is a consistent producer uh is someone who i would even probably be fine with taking after visca if Visca was who he chose to reach on so i'm not against reaching on him hoping that he's a little bit of a weapon in the open field and in that offense and finds multiple ways to be deployed
1: Yeah, and of course we're recording this Sunday 20th of June, so by the time you listen to this, or if you're listening to it later in the off-season, Loviske I'm sure is uh, up around that third round ADP where he truly belongs, but uh, (laughs) we'll see what happens. But we're just about to kick this draft off, so uh, hopefully you're going to stick around. This uh, next episode that you hear will be the start of that draft, so 60 seconds to go. Let's see if we get the guys that we're hoping to get on the board. That's going to do it for today's edition of the series. It is the the best best ball show on Rotoviz radio check out all the great work as well up on rotoviz.com and if you are so inclined drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to my co-host for the series is zachary Kruger. follow him on twitter at zk underscore ffb until we're back with the next episode of the show of course have a good one